Welcome back to Mortgage Genomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you're from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. Today, I'm going to talk about overlooked mortgage qualification criteria, down payment, property taxes, condo fees, and new to Canada intricacies. Let's begin. Securing a mortgage pre-approval marks a hopeful step toward home ownership. However, the path from pre-approval to finalizing financing conditions can be tricky. Overlooking key details during the pre-approval stage can turn a promising start into a declined application. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the most common or prevalent pitfalls, particularly emphasizing the importance of addressing these potential pitfalls early on in the pre-approval process so as to avoid the disappointment of a rejected mortgage application during the critical financing conditions period in a property purchase transaction. So here they are, the most common qualification criteria that are often overlooked or under-prioritized in the pre-approval stages. Number one, down payment verification. Lenders generally require proof that you have accumulated or had possession of your down payment proceeds for a period of 90 days. But where things get confusing is when applicants have frequently moved their funds from one bank account to another within a condensed time frame. This is like chaotic. These This results in a tangled and very challenged interpretation of down payment verification for two main reasons. Reason number one, copious amounts of document collection um, may be required as the funds travel from one bank account to another. And it won't just, it's not may be required, it will be required. This could end up being a massive undertaking for both the applicant and the mortgage provider. Reason number two, of all the bank statements provided to verify the tenure and whereabouts of your funds, if an unexplained deposit is identified that is greater than $2,000, a further 90-day verification will be required on that particular deposit. Um, So this is often the most overlooked thing when a mortgage broker or banker collects down payment verification documents during the pre-approval phase. A singular unverified down payment verification can literally turn a mortgage approval on its head and and result in an 11th hour crisis. Now, in most cases, it's just a major inconvenience as the applicant will have to provide further documentation, but where it could become a major or threatening issue is if the funds at this stage of the game, uh, it's discovered that the funds are sourced from a borrowing account. Uh, you know, that could be a personal line of credit, a credit card, or some type of loan. And if this is the case, the entire mortgage qualification needs to be requalified at a more demanding standard, which often ends up in a crisis as the debt servicing ratios you qualified at will rise significantly in most cases. So the moral of the story for this, make sure none of your down payment sources are from another credit source, like a credit card, a line of credit, or any form of borrowed money. And if it is, just disclose it to your mortgage broker from the onset to ensure it gets accounted for. It'll either You'll either be qualified properly in a different program and your expectation will be set going forward, or it'll just be accounted for and maybe it won't be an issue in your application. But either way, do not leave this to chance because uh, it it results in chaos, like 11th hour chaos. 
Uh, number two qualification criteria, which is often overlooked, property taxes and strata fees. Many applicants are unaware that annual property taxes and monthly strata fees factor into a mortgage qualification. And worse yet, many mortgage providers underestimate their value within the mortgage qualification. So for example, if you're pre-qualified for a $700,000 condo with an estimated monthly strata fee of $400 and an annual property tax figure, let's say of $1,500, this means that if you end up placing an offer on a property with a strata fee of $600, okay, $200 more than what we had pre-qualified you at, and let's say a property tax of $1,900, which is, again, $400 more, uh, you will exceed your allowable debt service ratios and slide into decline territory because those figures were not accounted for. So make sure your pre-approval accounts for strata fees and property tax. And more importantly, the values should be stated somewhere within your pre-approval document so you can completely be aware of what your limitations are um, once you begin your property search and get a feel for price points this is a great opportunity to report back to your mortgage provider and request kind of like a tune-up um, for your pre-approval to reflect the more accurate strata fees that and property tax figures that you're discovering now that you're searching for the property um, so this process of fine-tuning will definitely ensure a more smooth and predictable outcome. Hey there, just wanted to break away from the episode to give you a little background about my brokerage and give you an idea of the team behind me that helps get your mortgage completed without a hitch and on time. The brokerage is called Home Financing Solutions and it's a franchise of the Mortgage Center, which by the way is the pioneer of mortgage brokerages in Canada, established back in 1989. Back then, things were a little different. It used to take weeks to fund a mortgage and the application process was grueling and labor intensive. But that was then and this is now. The process of getting approved and into your home or prompt access to your equity is seamless and swift. Absolutely every step of our process features the latest technology to collect, gather, adjudicate and safely store your information. The end result is speed, service and quality solutions. But we also recognize that technology is only as good as the human that is operating it. So not only will you experience the best that technology has to offer, you can also expect personalized follow-ups from Kelly and Justin, who are valuable members of my team. The three of us love what we do and continuously look forward to taking your calls and helping you accomplish your real estate goals. Call or text me at 604-800-9593, 604-800-9593, or look me up at homefinancingsolutions.ca. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. Number three, qualification criteria, which is often overlooked. Condo documents and property disclosure statements. Property deficiencies and non-structural condo or strata issues, both financial and legal, are not accounted for in pre-approvals. With the property being the primary collateral source, the security, the main security for a mortgage, lenders diligently review all the documents associated with the current and past condition of the subject property. If a recent or current or evolving deficiency about the property is revealed, 
within the strata or condo documents, a lender will analyze further to ensure that the future sale of the property is not impacted. This is crucial. If the lender is wary of the condition, they may request a larger down payment or in some instances outright decline the application based on the severity of the condition. Your mortgage provider, uh, your broker, your banker must be aware of any property disclosure as they should immediately disclose it to the lender to ensure that the condition complies with their, uh, the lenders or the insurer's guidelines. In BC, a property disclosure statement is made available to prospective buyers that states any existing or past conditions with the property. Failure to disclose any of these issues during the financing conditions period can leave you totally vulnerable to another 11th hour crisis. Um, when lenders eventually discover critical items through their final funding checkers or, or their closing legal providers, avoid the uh, getting away with one mindset and be proactive and forthcoming if you feel that something may have been overlooked. Um, I'm telling you from experience, the outcome will likely have far higher negative implications than any degree of benefit you may have received um, by not disclosing a pot potential issue. And finally, the uh, the fourth qualification criteria that's that's uh, overlooked, especially these days, the new to Canada intricacies, the adaptation of provincial and federally mandated policies has made mortgage qualification for new Canadians extremely challenging, and for many, uh, simply prohibitive. The qualification criteria for temporary and permanent residents have remained the same for the past several years, pretty much, but it is the implementation of the foreign buyer tax and the prohibition on the purchase of residential property by non-Canadians act that have caused many seemingly standard purchase transactions to suddenly go sideways. Um, here's what you need to know to avoid any pitfalls if you are a temporary or permanent resident purchasing a property in Canada. Uh, basically, upon getting pre-approved for a mortgage, you must then get pre-approved for the right to purchase a property in Canada. Um, not many brokers look at it that way, but this is like a, a two-prong approval process. As most mortgage brokers and bankers have no idea about foreign buyer tax policies and the prohibition legislation, make sure you suit up with one that is well-versed about the policies and how they relate to mortgage qualification like me. I totally specialize in um, new to Canada mortgage applications. Depending on which province you want to purchase in, the legislation varies accordingly. So for BC and Ontario, there are two legislations to be aware of that have specifically been drafted to directly discourage non-Canadian residents from purchasing real estate. Um, they are the foreign buyer tax, which in BC, the tax is 20%. In Ontario, it's 25%. And this is applicable to all temporary residents who purchase property. Permanent residents are exempt from the foreign buyer tax. And uh, by the way, uh, Alberta does not have a foreign buyer tax. So for anyone listening who's planning to move to, to Alberta, do not get discouraged because they do not have the foreign buyer tax. And um, the other legislation, so there's the foreign buyer tax be aware of, and the other big sucker is the, uh, the prohibition on the purchase of residential property by non-Canadians Act. Uh, to be eligible for the purchase of a property, an applicant must have either been awarded their permanent residency or have at least six months of validity remaining on their work permit on the closing date of their purchase. 
Okay, so these are the two massive legislations that you need to be aware of if you're a new Canadian, particularly a temporary resident, and you plan on purchasing in British Columbia and Ontario. There is, however, one popular exemption, but the conditions of it are almost always overlooked. Like the ones that I've been working on that that came to me from other brokers that have totally overlooked this. Provincial nominee certificate recipients are essentially exempt from the foreign buyer tax in BC and Ontario, provided, of course, they fulfill the eligible exemption criteria. But when it comes to the Prohibition Act, it's a different story. And this is where we have been seeing crises unfold with mortgage qualification. Many provincial nominee recipients have been caught off guard completely by the uh, maturity or expiration expiration of their work permits upon being awarded the provincial nominee certificate. And understandably so, uh, nominee recipients have been allowing their work permits to expire during the, their you know permanent resident application waiting period as their residency status automatically renews to an unspecified date until the PR application is approved. So basically, you don't have to renew your work permit because you're you're kind of in the queue, everything's moving along. So this automated renewal process is known as implied status and allows the nominee to continue employment and residence in Canada while their PR application goes through the process. And this is a process, you know, slightly more elevated than a regular process because these applicants have been awarded the provincial nominee. And that's based on, you know, they have the job that Canada needs and they're highly desired and all that good stuff. However, when it comes to Canada's banks, the implied status doesn't appear to hold uh, much weight at all. Lenders continue to request a copy of the applicant's work permit to fulfill the six-month condition of validity. You know, you have to have that 183-day expiry date eligibility on your work permit. And this is as per the prohibition on the purchase of residential property by non-Canadians Act. So this is catching tons of people off guard, even with their transitionary implied status. Like even though their, um, their, their validity to work in Canada continues through this implied status, lenders are still requesting formal work permits. This is a big problem. So this has become a major deal breaker as almost every nominee recipient that I've worked with anyways hasn't renewed their work permit, knowing that they can proceed proceed as they are with an implied status. Like, why would you? Well, what's the point? And by the time they realize that a formal work permit is required to remain compliant as per the Prohibition Act, it's for many, it's too late. Um, the queue for work permit renewals is it's not a transactional type of process like like most government programs. It's a simple application process, but the servicing and the completion process is like ridiculous. It's lengthy and unreliable, thereby leaving nominee recipients in these compromised positions as their completion date approaches. Um, there are alternative financing scenarios, but they are costly. Um, you know, the lenders, subprime lenders, higher interest rates and fees and all that jazz. But um, there there are solutions, some alternatives to rescue applicants from these scenarios. In the episode notes, there are additional exemptions not mentioned in this episode for um, that I haven't went into detail. 
for the BC foreign buyer tax exemptions as well as Ontario foreign buyer tax exemptions and for the prohibition ban exemptions as well. So check it out in the notes. You'll find the direct link to the blog version of this episode and you can read more about that. Okay, that's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you're in British Columbia or Alberta as I'm licensed to service these specific provinces. And especially if you're from Vancouver or Calgary as I'm very familiar with these markets. And of course, I welcome calls and emails from all over Canada and the entire world for those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to Canada from elsewhere or for those Canadians who are in the process of moving from one province to another as I specialize in interprovincial relocations and new to Canada mortgage applications and of course I do every other mortgage qualification scenario you could imagine call or text me at 604-800-9593 or you can get me on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or just go ahead and link up to my website homefinancingsolutions.ca where you'll find my complete how do I qualify catalog complete with virtually every qualification guideline relevant to the Canadian mortgage landscape. Thank you again for tuning into Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.